This Fab FM podcast is proudly brought to you by Bendigo Bank, Port Douglas and Mossman. Offering a full range of competitive banking products and technology you'd expect from a big bank with the personal service and care you'd expect from us. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Well, finally, power is coming to the Daintree to put an end to those diesel generators spewing exhaust fumes into the World Heritage Area. Thanks to the Fed's $19.3 million will be spent to build a microgrid to power homes across the river. Federal MP Warren Inch has been campaigning for the project for a quarter of a century, supported by a small group of dedicated locals who've been faced with ridicule and angst from a small group of naysayers who tell outright lies to further their cause. The project's first stage will establish power And a bonus as well, fibre optic internet from the Alexandra Range to Cape Tribulation. The final stretch to Forest Creek will be built at a later stage. This is great news and Warren Inch joins me now. Warren, first up, welcome and what great news. The money's there and this is a goer. 25 years, Paul, since I started on this journey and I tell you what, um, I reflect on it and... uh, the, 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 the group of people that I've worked with over the years on this, when I started and elected in 1996, sadly, some of them are no longer with us. Um, and I refer to John and Linda Nichols, who had Daintree Tea. They were working with me right at the beginning of them. Both of those are no longer with us. And then, of course, Bill and Betty Hinton. Well, Bill hasn't been with us now for a while as well. But they, you know, they, they certainly played a role, uh, Prue Hewitt, um, and, uh, again, another one that I worked with, and, uh, of course, Russell and um, uh, Theresa O'Doherty, who have been the mainstays, have driven this all the way through over the years. Uh, a lot of criticism from some sectors. Um, lots of roadblocks put in our, our way as we tried to get some sort of uh, fairness for the for the for the river. Unfortunately, there was the activists out there that just wanted to do anything they could to make it uncomfortable for people to live in the area in the hope that they could drive them away. And um, very very sad. Mm. But you know, we we we, we persevered. Um, and and even down to a point when when uh, Premier Beattie years ago decided to legislate to prohibit mains uh, equivalent power to be extended north of the river, um, you know things change. Uh, which Campbell Newman, one one of the great things he did for us up there was when he got into for the three years that he was in here, he uh, he got rid of that legislation and that opened the door again. And uh, so we're all the way trying to find. Everybody said it was too hard, and then uh, I, th- I guess the the real opportunity came when Josh Frydenberg was appointed as the uh, environment minister, but also he was appointed as the uh, energy minister as well. And I asked you, I thought here's an opportunity because the decisions on both environment and energy are made by the one person, and I took Josh up there and um, we, 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 uh, we had a, a public meeting he met with a lot of the people up there and 
he had a very interesting experience with a, a very large uh, MS-16 pilot while he was there, something he'll never forget. Uh, but he came away there with a commitment that we would find a way to, you know, to do this. Uh, he provided the initial funding, which was provided to ARENA, um, and to to actually look at what options were available, and this is where Vault and uh, Richard Shoneman become involved, uh, and Russell uh, was driving it from a community point of view. Uh, they come up with the five options, of course, as you're well aware. Uh, number one was a microgrid, as we're talking about now, and number five was do nothing. Again, there was a lot of pushback. But uh, I was then successful to get a second trench, which was the 900000 which gave us the business case, the engineering and the full costings for the project. That was completed la- uh, last year, uh, 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 late last year. And then we quietly worked about a way of how we're going to... Uh, how are we going to get this thing up and running? And uh, it proved uh, it, it proved up as being very, very viable, practical, and it showed us a way to do it. And um, so the 19.3 million that was announced in the budget that that will do the show prove that we can do it. It'll basically set up the solar array in the Cow Bay area. It'll set up the uh, the hydrogen storage and the battery storage and the distribution network from uh, Alexander Range right through to Cape Trip. We thought we'd do that one first because you've got all those businesses in there from the Cowboy Hotel to all the small resorts and hospitality, etc. Plus, that's where the largest population is to prove it up. And then once we've got that one up and running, we then work on this phase two, which is basically directional drilling through Alexandra Range, connecting it to the grid and then taking it down out to Cape Kimberley and then out to um, uh, to connect up with the existing network on uh, Forest Creek Road. So it's been a major effort to get there. I think the people of the Daintree deserve it. Uh, full congratulations to uh, Russell and Teresa. They have been absolutely rock stead on this. And if you see some of the nonsense that's been peddled, mm. attacking them for the work that they've done, you know, it's just been quite extraordinary. They're not going to be living there to get the benefit. Of course, they have actually now left, sold and left the area. But nevertheless, we now have a situation where we're going to put in a microgrid, a, a, a solar and hydrogen microgrid, which will be the first of its kind in the world uh, and we will be able to market all those businesses will be able to market world-class uh, facilities up there where you can stay in in air-conditioned comfort powered by water and, so- and solar yeah it's fantastic and warren you know the tinfoil hat people are going to come out they're going to say you're destroying the daintree all that sort of garbage it's the same stuff they pedal they pedal it non-stop and the people in the daintree deserve it uh, warren i've had people actually say to me and this is true and this is hand on heart have said to me why do those bastards, and I'm, that's their word, why do these bastards in the Daintree, they bought over there when they knew there was no electricity, why do they deserve it now? Now, I have heard that. Is that totally ridiculous or not? Well, I mean, there are lots of places around the country where, they, where people have moved out there and they've built communities, and, of course, the infrastructure's followed. There's never, ever been a place anywhere in the country where they've been legislated to prevent them from doing this. 
And what you've got to do is to put this into perspective. The, 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 first of all, people have been living north of the river there since the uh, mid to late 1800s. So it's just that they looked up, you know, in many ways looked after. There's been a forestry industry over there. There's been rice. There's been uh, sugar, bananas, uh, cattle, all of these things. And the, contra in the in controversial Quaid subdivision, which was rather interesting because a lot of that, that land was denuded. The people that bought that land, a lot of those were flying and fly out. Or they were workers up in places like Gove and Group. And they were the, they were real conservationists. They bought they bought denuded blocks there. They saved themselves a uh, a small site to build a house while they were you know getting the high incomes in these mining areas. Come back for holidays, revegetating the the block that they bought to bring it back you know totally revegetated but saving for a house. And then of course they pushed the uh, the Planning Act through, which a lot of them then lost their uh, ability to build a home. These were the true conservationists in mm. many, many ways. And, you know, you, you, you had that small group there that was just, who actually either squatted up there or took land there themselves, but didn't want anybody else there. They did everything that they could to make sure that, first of all, the people that were living there were vilified, and secondly, making it as uncomfortable as possible for them so that they would kick them out of the area. That's right. Well, you know, it, it, the, the people have stayed, a lot of people have lost, you know, their dreams there. I, I, I'm aware of suicides because of, of what taking away building rights, etc. But, you know, people are there. We need those people. There. It is a freehold land that they're on there. And, and, you know, like any other Australian, to me, it's a human right. They are entitled to have the same access to basics like uh, like uh, power uh, that any other Australian takes for granted and uh, I think the fact that a, that a government had saw fit to legislate to prevent them from getting that is just unbelievable and I think we need to get behind them now and be there to celebrate as we get rid of hundreds and hundreds of diesel generators, millions of liters of diesel, and we are showcasing one of the best, you know, best clean technologies in the world, the first in the world, and celebrate it. And, and uh, I'm certainly looking forward to doing that. It'll be interesting to see what the, uh, the naysayers are going yeah. sure There'll be a few of them. That, you know, the sky is going to fall in, etc., etc. But, you know, appreciate also that uh, they also they have their own agendas up there. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, they need to be looking a little bit further underneath the, uh, uh, you know, underneath the arguments just to see how compliant they are. So, you know, I think this is a win for the area. It's going to make us put a, any suggestion that it's going to suddenly have a, a mass... Uh, development is just nonsense um, because uh, I mean the, the, the planning schemes already in place so you can, there are limited where people can build uh, on the place but it's going to give a quality of life it's going to give a significant boost to uh, uh, the viability of, of those businesses that are over there and uh, I think, you know, what on earth is... It's going to also increase the value of those properties as well. Mm, that's right. Uh, and that and these this group, this small group, they hate that too because that will increase uh, the, the price of the property and thus uh, preventing them being kicked out of the Daintree long term. And you know as well as me, these tinfoil hat people, these protesters, 
want people out of the Daintree. They've got a 140-year plan to get everybody out of the Daintree, and, and that's how they think. But you know what, Warren? Warren Inch, I think that they are pseudo-greenies because what bunch of greenies wouldn't want generators spewing out diesel into the Daintree eliminated? So to me, anybody who goes against this or protests against this is really anti-greenie. I agree with you, absolutely. And I mean, I, you tell me where what's wrong with this. I mean, and you know, government's putting in money as, as they should to help with this $19.3 million dollars. And um, I can't wait for it to happen and to be up there to celebrate with all of those, what I call the real, the real environmentalists. And these are the people that are living up in that area, that are protecting their environments there, have been living there for sustainably for many, many, you know, in some cases, generations. And, and they love their area, they're protecting the area, and uh, good on them, and let's give them a quality of life and let's give them some value for their assets. Should they be ready to retire at some stage, at least they'll get enough there to help them with their retirement. That's right, Warren Inch. Congratulations, because I know this is uh, something that you want to leave as a legacy before you retire from Parliament. It's been, it's been a real personal mission for you, hasn't it? It has, and you know, from my perspective, it's it, it's caused me to uh, be prepared to do another three years to make sure that I got it through. And you know, my argument was I'm not going to go for another three years uh, and argue the toss on this one. There are things that are not negotiable. This was wonderful. Fantastic. Warren Ince, thank you. Thank you very much indeed.